0: Before we get into this episode, I would like to make a quick disclaimer that all of Society Inspired's interviews and the information we share are 100% for learning experience and to hear the different sides of the various issues we discuss. We never endorse nor support violence and we are committed to promoting peace. I want to create a safe space for learning and comfortable place for people to be able to start to speak. Hope you enjoy. Hello everyone. Welcome to the 13th episode of Society Inspired. My name is Gemma. I'm 15 years old and a Palestinian-American teen. I'm super excited to have Hallie Faith as our special guest for episode number 13. Would you like to introduce yourself, tell us your story, and also share your preferred pronouns, please? All right, well, my name is Hallie Faith. I go by
1: Hallie. um, Well, yeah, I don't typically use my middle name, but to differentiate. And then Um, I go by she or her. Um, Preferably, I don't, I don't like to identify as anything in particular. So whatever pronouns people would want to use for me, I am cool with. Mm -hmm. And my background is I started a, a spiritual healing podcast. And that's what I'm in the middle of being a part of this bigger picture of what I was just talking about the revolution of love of coming together of creating a community of taking back the power because we've been stripped of that and we know what we're worthy of and we're bringing that back together and that's what my podcast and the love that I bring on my social media is all about is that key
0: aspect yes uh you just talked about it but I found you through your podcast called one conscious love how did you come to create that podcast So, um, it was like November
1: of 2021 that, um, I was listening to a podcast and I was like, wow, this is really, really cool. And, um, spiritual healing. Yeah. And a lot of my friends were just like, your voice is really calming and you have so much to say, why don't you turn this into something? And I was like, I thought about it. I thought about maybe writing a book. I didn't know, but I know that um, this person that did the podcast, I just absolutely loved. So I started it last August. It's going to be a year this summer or like this August, which I'm super, super excited to mark the one year of that. And I always understood consciousness and how we're all just like, we're like, a soul and a body that's how I see things and so conscious had to be in the name and Mm -hmm. I think that we're part of the revolution is we're all one Mm -hmm. we understanding that I am you you are me we all whatever we do to one person it's going to happen to the whole community of people and so one had to be the thing that brought it together so one conscious and then I'm big on love one of my biggest things that one of my friends talked about she wrote a poetry book and that was in it was love is my religion and Mm. um i recently heard a quote that love is like, everybody's heart is your temple. You have a place to be in everybody's heart, as long as you're compassionate and loving. And so that's where everything really boomed. And my podcast has been doing really, really well. And I've had connections like you and people from Europe and people from Canada and New Zealand and all over that. If you are feeling inspired to do a podcast or any kind of influencing, I highly recommend it because connections that you have not even just with the place that you're in not just the country but worldwide we're no different than everybody else we think that's such a big difference but we're all under the same pressure to be something all of us everybody has a different privilege but we're all confused on what it means to be human yeah yeah giving comfort to each other knowing that it's going to be okay is something big
0: Yeah. (laughs) Um, You emphasize how important self-love is. And so like, what is your definition of self-love and how does it differ from society's definition of it? So this is something big
1: that it's hard to explain, but it's something that a lot of people don't see that we with this new we call it like new age new spirituality new age um, type of thing because we think that we need to find these things outside of us where we were born into this world as love I don't know if you believe in vibrations but everything in this universe scientifically proven yeah is vibrating in a certain frequency and loving and gratitude are some of the highest frequencies that anything and everything can vibrate at and wow. so You being born into this world you are love and it's not the idea of discovering to be lovable again it's you've always been loved but it's tripping the idea that you are unlovable because you are inherently lovable you don't have to earn it you're worthy of it being unconditional it does not have to be under conditions and it's just knowing that you are love. you don't need to find love but you are that it's also understanding that when other little humans are confused and hate their life not to make it something big just be like I know that you're hurting as well and I'm not going to let your opinions dictate my life and realizing that's holding a state of love as well
0: got it yeah Uh, so what was the first step toward healing the way you thought about yourself it was understanding that everybody's a mirror
1: so Mm -hmm. when I mean, there is a difference between energy vampires, those that literally come into our life to strip the energy and they're there. It's kind of like a bully. A bully wants something yeah. from you and they want you to see you cry and break down. They get energy from that. That's energy vampire. But then there's the people that are trying their hardest. So let's say you did something and for some reason I get really upset at what you're doing. I can take a step back and be like, wow, you're doing something that is a reflection of the unhealed version of me. And I don't need to get upset at you, but realize that maybe once upon a time I used to be hated on for what you're doing. And so I stopped doing that Um, cringiness. I had a friend do something that maybe society would deem as cringy. And so that was in my mind and they did that. And I was like, Whoa, I don't want anything to do with you. And then I was like, Oh, Oh, This is just my reflection of what cringiness is when nothing is actually inherently cringy. It's them being them and that's beautiful. Things like that. It's not everything has to be a battle but understanding that everybody's a reflection of what's happening for everybody else.
0: Yeah, I normally look at it as like self-reflection if I get angry at what other people are doing or comparison, it's just, it's literally just that. Fixing that, I mean, fixing it isn't simple. I'm not saying that, like, <laughs> getting rid of comparison, one snap, you're done. That's not how it works. But I completely agree with that whole thing. You yes, just said. awesome. Um, carrying on from the last question, what was your first step in recovering from people pleasing?
1: Yes, um, so I'm still a recovering people pleaser, and I think oh, that's what people are. Yep. Yeah, yeah. It's, Me too. Yeah, we, a lot of people that have also, so you said you have an upbringing with um, racism. So, as a young age, you had to deal with that and your mind had to like trying to understand your place in this world and it was not easy for you. So, mm-hmm. you understanding that made you a people pleaser because you wanted to make room even if it made you uncomfortable to make sure you didn't get a racist comment or somebody was inappropriate towards you. So you made sure the room was safe, even if it made you uncomfortable. Yeah. <laughs> and what a lot of people do is everybody has their own upbringing that happens. And so people pleasing for me right now, healing from that is when somebody's attacking me, they're seeing the reflection of me and them, and it's really, really hurting them. I try to find the happy medium. So for instance, um, maybe my parents got an argument the other day. And so I wrote down what I was feeling and I went to them and I was like, okay, this is what I'm feeling. And I want to hear exactly how you're feeling first. And then I'll explain my version so we can find a happy balance. And my parents come from a different time, a different like hurt from their generation and everything. And so trying to understand their perception first because the best way to communicate effectively that everybody needs to understand is that it's not about having somebody understand your point of view, it's understanding their point of view first.
0: Mm-hmm. And that's
1: emotional intelligence. It's understanding that person wants to be seen and heard and do that. And yeah. then say, hey, now it's my turn. I want to be seen and heard. And find that happy medium as to where things are going to be. And that's what I've been
0: doing to recover from my people pleasing. So I want to ask, go into that question a bit more, actually, um, with you wanting to feel seen and heard, that's something It's in itself that's a big step to take to even have the confidence to even be like, I want you to listen to me because I feel like what I'm feeling is valuable because most of the time in people-pleasing, people feel invalidated but feel like they can never say what they want to say. Mm-hmm. So that is a first step in people pleasing and want and trying to communicate how you feel. But how do you even get to that? How would you say to even get to that step? How did you get to that confidence of being like, this is what I'm feeling and I want it to be like, I want you guys to listen to me.
1: Yeah, um, that's a great question. So it really began with affirmations telling myself that I'm allowed to be seen and heard because also with my upbringing, I never felt seen and heard. And I came to the realization that I'm allowed to take up space. It took a while. I never want people pleasing. You don't want to take up space. You don't want to be an annoyance. You don't want to be too loud. You don't want to be too quiet. You just want to be perfect. And you're scared of being anything outside of that. And so, um, hearing something about you're allowed to take up space I was like wow and it like really resonated with me and I was just like I'm allowed to take up space and to be the best version of myself I need people to know that I deserve to be seen and heard and that took a whole year of work to get through to allow myself to be that but everybody's allowed to be seen and heard you being loud is you that is awesome because there's quiet people out there and they're the happy balance you're allowed to whatever your expression of you is, is exactly how it's supposed to be. We don't need a bunch of Emma, Emma Chamberlains. We don't need a bunch of um, I'm trying to think of another influencer, but we don't need a bunch of people mirroring each other. We just need people to be them and also come into the conclusion that you are allowed to be you and your magic is what's going to bring to the table for somebody to bloom into who they are as you holding yeah. space for them as well.
0: Yeah, that's great. I, my my thing with mental health podcasts, and this is what I loved about yours, is that lots of them don't identify that it takes time. They're saying to do this, and you're going to feel better. And mm-hmm. so I want to make that even more clear mm-hmm. in this episode, because last month I interviewed a trauma therapist who is, who is a part of the LGBTQIA plus community. And it was such an amazing experience to see that viewpoint but now on the other side mm-hmm. and i i want to say this especially with people pleasing that it's not like gonna be fast to heal and mm-hmm. so yes that's what i loved about your answer that it, it takes a year or more right way longer than that mm-hmm. but finding it within yourself that's mm-hmm. definitely the answer um yeah. well talking about trauma uh, you have mentioned in your podcast that while growing up, you experienced a lot of traumas. So can you offer some advice on recognizing the trauma triggers and beginning the healing journey from the trauma triggers? There's so many aspects. It's crazy how much can be built up. Yeah, so something that's been going on in my own life
1: recently is... um dis um disassociating from reality because of the childhood trauma that I've gone through. And so every time you disassociate, you're not allowing yourself to be in the moment to feel it, and your body is storing that. And so something recently I've been noticing is what I can offer people is feeling the trauma as it comes up. So, let's say you smell something that reminds you of that exact trigger even though it's uh, honestly, it sucks ass like to to smell that and to really feel it because you're going to break down, you're going to cry. It's going to feel awful. But if you can feel that in that moment, the next day is going to be so much easier. Mm -hmm. You just lived through that moment again. And that's something you should be so proud of. And with everything that comes up in your life, a piece of advice that was given to me, and it's not controversial, but for me, traditional therapy always told me to I'd be identified with my issues. And that's something that I don't like is, yeah, you tell if whenever you tell the mind an I statement, I am depressed, I am anxious, that becomes a manifestation into your reality that becomes your identification, your label. But when you can say yesterday, I was talking to one of my therapists and she was saying that an old Irish saying is sadness is upon me not i am sad so instead of saying Uh i am i am that you go depression's upon me it's gonna pass though anxiety is upon me and anxiety is found in the future and depression is found in the past so if you're constantly in the past you're going to be depressed over what already happened you can't control that in the future if you're constantly overthinking about the possibilities yeah you're going to be anxious. The present moment, as cliche as it is, is the only moment. And that's the truth. And it's the only place you can find serenity and peace and salvation, people might want to call it. Mm -hmm. And to know that everything that happens to you, in my eyes, your soul chose to go through. Yeah. It's hard with every religion because it's different, but I don't I think there's truth to every religion and I think that there's also harm to every religion. But the beauty of it all is that we are here for a reason and you are here as a human and healing isn't linear and there's going to be times where it's going to be so high and, and low lows and that's the beauty of being human is we wouldn't know what good is without the lows. We wouldn't know what good feels like without the suffering. And the Buddha also talks about suffering is part of being human and understanding that suffering doesn't have to be bad, but you can see the beauty in that all. And that's something totally like outside of that, but understanding that everything that you've gone through is bringing you to your future steps and it's something beautiful. And that's what I always try to tell people, even if it's so hard for them to understand of why it's happening.
0: Yeah. 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 And I like how you brought up traditional therapy because also it's common that when you have those traumas and you re-experience them, talking about them over and over and over again makes you keep reliving them. And then it kind of leaves you to only identify yourself with depression or anxiety because all you're doing is reliving those things. Yes,
1: that's a really, really good point. I did not think about it that way. Um, but I love that you brought that up because yeah, exactly. It's it should be like one session, you talk about it, you fully feel it, it's and then you let it go it's and gone. then it's gone. Yeah, yep. it's gone. But yeah, exactly. Reliving it is just recreating a memory of it in your brain, and it's a new, and it's going to continue to come up. And a memory will fizzle out every time you think about it. Mm-hmm. But if you can just completely detach from it, it'll be gone, and you don't have to ever think about it again. So, I love that you brought that up. Yes,
0: hundred ten percent. No, I was just like, sometimes after I just felt drained, I was like, why? This is I'm supposed to be like feeling lighter, you know, letting it go.
1: Right, so, right, exactly. That's
0: just something I wanted to add on because I totally felt like we we're thinking about the same sort of mm-hmm. viewpoints. Yeah. <laughs> that thing, yeah. <laughs> uh, I can't speak, obviously. Um, you can't, all right. <laughs> Overall, this is, a, this is a big question, but how do you think our society increasingly impacts our mental health? Well, it's a big question and there's so
1: much depth. It's a really like a, a very thick question. I think that what we just talked about is with everything, society makes us identify with their issues and we're not our issues. Again, when you, an affirmation, I am loved. Mm -hmm. It's a statement when you say I'm depressed, that's also a manifestation of your reality, just as I am loved. And so A, stripping the idea that you're not your issues. B, understanding that we're all going through something. And sometimes school, we are literally separated by who's smarter and who's dumber, even though they don't want to say that. And by everything we're devised by- (laughs) Um, it's something that we don't know that it's not in our power we know how it would go by happening um, making sure that there's no like upper middle or lower class but that's an issue of division of poverty of money all of us being identified with our money issues every adult that I know in my life except for the super like in tune with themselves ones they're all super worried about money and Money is a piece of paper and when you do what you love in this life you will always find abundance Money will follow you when you do things that you love but if you purposely make yourself do things you don't like there's no abundance gonna follow you because you're forcing your yeah. your yeah, like I guess soul yeah forcing your soul to do something that really is not in alignment with you and so making sure you're doing something that you're passionate about if school, I don't like how people are just like, you have to go to college. If college is really not for you, you do not need to go to college. You know, there's other avenues of it. For sure. If college is for you, please go to college. But if it's not for you, I know a lot of divergent people like me. Um, neurodivergence. Are you, do you have ADHD at all?
0: Maybe. Not that I know of. <laughs> all right. Well, are you a creative person? Or are you a logical person? I'm in the middle, I'm an artist, I'm a dancer, I create things I love, but I'm also sometimes need to be very logical, and I can be kind of, yeah, right, on things,
1: so through you being an an artist, a dancer, um, I think that you are in the category of being neurodivergent in the way that your mind needs to be creative, and maybe you grew up being told that you were too much because of your creativity, and that's another issue is I grew up having a note cards of the things that I could ask in class and the things that I couldn't ask in class. I was a very curious kid. I needed to know what was happening. Yeah. As we are and being told that I'm too much or I'm too dumb to be in this class or having extra reading classes. And that's embarrassing in front of my whole class. It's like me thinking that I'm constantly not enough for society's means and stopping that we need to know that all of us are going to work in different ways and there's very logical people that's engineers mathematicians the scientists awesome we need them and then there's the creatives the dancers the artists the poets the philosophers we need them as well that's the most exciting part about life the grounding people and then the people that bring the excitement into life and so not telling people that they're wrong and bad for anything that they want to do yeah That too. So the division is where we really, that's just like the main thing is not giving everybody a choice to decide on what they want to do with anything in life. Mm -hmm. Allowing it to be a creative means is where society went wrong is what we had to become something. We had to be forced to do something, That's like especially the school ladder going into middle school. We're like, okay, we have high school coming up or elementary school. We finished fifth grade. We're like, yay middle school this is going to be awesome middle school is hell for everybody (laughs) not fun and then we're like okay great like now it's high school another little ladder we get to climb and then we get to get ready for college and then college comes and college is I've gone through college classes like I the school that I go to is early college so I've been taking college classes since, since I was in sophomore like my sophomore year of high school and I was like, yay, a little high school. I mean, a little college experience. And it was nothing. Like, people in those classes literally told me that they were miserable. And I'm like, yeah. I was right. like, great. Awesome. <laughs> I was like, oh, great. Like, I already don't want to be here. And people that are actually, like, I get free college. And they're actually paying for this. And I'm like, yep. oh, God. Like, this is so. Even that is yes. we yes. constantly Climbing a ladder, and then there's work, and then there's retirement, and then we're like, we can finally relax. But then we have all these bills to keep paying, and these houses to pay off, or our old apartments, or a lot of people wait to travel until they're old, and then they have so many health issues they can't travel. So stop telling young people to travel when they're old, when they're young and they're capable. Yeah. So it's not it's to place blame on anybody because every generation try their best and there's assholes out there in the political, yeah, everywhere and in the political world. And just being compassionate with everybody is the key to understanding that everybody's gone through something, but to be open-minded, I guess as well. I don't really know else to add to that. My mind could talk about this. That was great. That was good. It was awesome awesome good I could talk about that forever but
0: yeah you know what's another normal thing that everyone expects everyone to do what marriage oh my yeah <laughs> well,
1: like for me it kind of scares me like the traditional marriage people are like I can't wait to start a family and I'm like that why like okay everyone's I- different <laughs> I know and I'm like I'm kind of polyamorous so like the traditional state of just being with one person and then there's so much hate against anybody that Mm -hmm. wants to be in an open relationship it's like it's none of your business (laughs) like I'm gonna do what I'm gonna do focus on yourself
0: what focus on yourself that's all. right right exactly it's the norm is heterosexual marriage anything else is not normal
1: Right. And then every kind of wedding you go to is still traditional. There's the like, God has to be always be involved in it, and they have to wear white. And it's just like, just so much pa- patriarchy, and just like, oh, it's just, I don't like traditional weddings. And then it's like, how do you break out of what a wedding is and what a wedding isn't then? Yep. Or like getting married.
0: This turned into a whole marriage conversation. <laughs> yes. No, I w- I've been thinking about that a lot. So yeah. yeah. But yeah, I just wanted to be like, that's another thing we can throw in there, especially. Oh yeah. Uh, when I, you're getting married and having kids. Right. Not everybody wants to do that and
1: that should be perfectly fine. There should be no societal pressure for that.
0: Yep. Marry a man with money. Oh, hmm. right. <laughs> okay. Um, resources any resources you would like my followers and I to read watch listen to um it depending
1: where you're at in life I really love um my favorite person right now influencing wise it, her name is Hitomi and I do not know how to I'll look her our um last name up because I do not know how to spell it or say it either um but she has helped me so much um, with sexual health resources, with understanding your brain. She also talks about like um, how she went through society like suicide um, feelings and attempts and makes them more comfortable. and she talks about eating disorders and everything, and really helps you ground in your body knowing that you're not alone. So her last name is uh, when you're ready. yeah m o c h. Okay. I-Z-U-K-I.
0: Okay. okay.
1: And then the first is just Hitomi, um, which is a pretty, like, when you look it up, it'll pop up. I got, I, I got you. All right, good. Below. Um, and then, so, and she's also, she talks about, like, being queer and is awesome. It makes you feel more comfortable than that. But she's my main person that I go to other resources is if you know you're like suicidal you know like the hotline for that if you really need help reach out to somebody um like I'm pretty much an open book people have questions for me too I can't always get to them right away and answer them and with everything like my social media growing I have more questions coming in every single day but there's a large chance that um I will respond to you and you responded to me pretty fast. Right, right. So sometimes, I say that. I like, yeah, sometimes I'm really drawn to people. I like knew that like you had like you sent the DM and I was like, okay, really cool. Like I immediately saw it. And some people I don't see for a week or two or like see their message. So sometimes it's just divine timing as well with yep. wait. Okay. Wow. Those are
0: the uh, your socials. I, my brain is everywhere. I'm so sorry. No, I've in the past few episodes, I've just been kind of, words are hard. <laughs> oh, I get that. I've been having the
1: trouble with just like speaking to when I haven't seen my friends in like a month. And I'm, a, <laughs> I'm a, a butterfly. So me just being at home all the time, I forget how to speak in public. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I understand. Yeah. <laughs> so definitely, I'm patient. But um, so my socials, are so my should I put down both my instagrams or just like my main instagram anything you want <laughs> <laughs> all right um i'll just do like my main thing and if people have questions um my podcast username is also one of my instagram usernames but um the first one is just you and that's the same for tiktok as well i believe i'm quickly checking i think it is all right i thank- Perfect. Um, yeah, Hallie loves that you. And then I don't use Snapchat. I the, oh my podcast is um, one conscious love. <laughs> yes, or just one conscious love. I think which we talked about, and that's like
0: my main social medias that I use. So sure.
1: yeah. <laughs>
0: okay. Great. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for taking your time to do this interview. Make sure you follow Hallie on the social media platforms they'll all be linked below in her podcast one conscious love will also be linked below uh make sure to follow our other social media platforms as well so you don't miss out on more interviews and important information i hope you enjoyed the 13th episode of society inspired and we will see you guys next time yes thank you so much for
1: having me again i was so stoked when i first saw it two years ago you would be like freaking out right now and I'm just happy working with another like-minded you know individual that's taking the initiative to start something grand for the future so thank you I really
0: appreciate it